0: Everybody, welcome to My Kind of Man. Thanks for listening.
1: This is the podcast about Man Library, and we are your intrepid co-hosts.
0: Adventurous.
1: Yes, I am one of your co-hosts, Toby Hines. I am the head of operations and outreach here at Man Library.
0: And I'm your other co-host, returning again. I'm Matt Ryan, Instructional Technology Coordinator. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mouthful sometimes. It is. We've got an exciting show, folks.
1: We do. This is a show for everyone, of course. Of course. But I think this particular episode is really tailored to incoming students, particularly our incoming Cals and CHE. And Dyson School students.
0: Here they come.
1: They're coming in that we're we're a couple weeks away from orientation. Um, you might be listening to this, you know, right when orientation might, is you happening. You might be
0: dodging new people on campus yes. as you're listening to this in your of people, AirPods.
1: Lots of people driving down the wrong way down one way streets. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. Wegmans is gonna be really crowded. Wines and restaurants really crowded. <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah. It's all gonna happen It's our favorite time of the year. Just a few short weeks. Um, but I think it's also a super exciting time and I think we're in a really good position to be able to help students start the semester off, start their Cornell career off Mm -hmm. on a really strong, foot.
0: I think so. Yeah, we're here to encourage people. This episode is going to encourage people to start strong yep. and really keep that momentum going. Exactly.
1: Too. So those are the guests that we have on, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, but I also really want to share with our listeners, and I'm hoping some of our, these listeners are incoming students or will refer incoming students to this episode of the podcast, um, about some of the orientation activities that Mann Library is going to be having over, over the move-in weekend.
0: Okay. We've got so, a whole schedule of things. We
1: do have a whole schedule. So as you may know, move-in weekend... Uh, used to be, used to be all done on one day, like right. the, the Friday before classes started. They've changed that a little bit this year. There will be like probably two thirds of incoming students are going to move in on Friday, August 23rd. And then the remaining third are going to move in on Saturday, August 24th.
0: The next day, try exactly. to stretch it out.
1: Yes. There will be, so everyone has a, a specific move in time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then during the rest of those, you know, the hours during those days, there's other activities and things happening all over campus. Um, for students and their families to participate in to get to know their, you know, their community a little bit more about Cornell right. to right. get some of the essentials that they need, like their ID cards yep. and things like that. Um, and as you probably are not surprised to learn, the library is participating in a lot of these events and activities. Of course we are. Of I mean, course. We that's are. what we do. Yes. Um, so there's going to be for both days. So from at 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Friday, August 23rd, the Cornell University Library. So this is our sort of larger organization mm-hmm. is going to have a tent down um, um, on by Hope Plaza by the Cornell store, where we'll be giving out a lot of information, um, freezer pops for people to cool down because we're probably it's probably gonna be a, a gonna hot, be hot day. Yep. yep,
0: it is late August here in Ithaca, New York. Yes,
1: it is. <laughs> and then they'll also be there from 10 until noon on Saturday as well. So um, what's really helpful there is that they're gonna have all the information about what all the other unit libraries are doing.
0: Okay, so it's a one-stop shop.
1: Absolutely, you can go there and get a map of all the campus libraries mm-hmm. as well as a schedule For all of the, um, what all the like sort of tours and activities that all the unit libraries are doing. Because there's a lot of very tailored programming to specific colleges or programs happening at these libraries.
0: Let's talk about some of that tailored programming.
1: All righty. What's
0: Man Library doing for we orientation? We
1: have quite a full agenda, which I am very excited about. You've been masterminding
0: it. I have you? been, yes. yes.
1: So we are going to have what we call the Man New Student Welcome, which mm-hmm. is, this is a very fun event that both Matt and I have helped plan mm-hmm. for several years. Mm-hmm. We're doing it a little different. Usually we have this event... A couple weeks into the semester, but this year we're going to be having it right on Friday, August 23rd. Day one. Day one. So this is going to be Friday, August 23rd, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., right out on the little plaza area in front of Mann Library on the Ag Quad. Oh, very nice. Yes. And so everyone who's new to CALS, to Human Ecology, to Dyson should stop by this welcome table, get some helpful information, um, meet some friendly staff members so you sort of start mm-hmm. to learn who the staff at Man Library are who can help you. Mm-hmm. Now people um, will
0: be able to meet you.
1: I will be there. That's right. And I'm going to I'm not going to say what the treats are. I'm just going to do this hint. Cornell Dairy Bar. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> So you should come by and find out what that's uh, going
0: to be. I unfortunately am not going to be able to attend. You won't
1: be here. That's unfortunate. Yes,
0: I've got conflicting schedules, but I, I have attended in the past. It's a lot of fun. Lot of I fun. love meeting people.
1: Yep. So we're going as, we, as I mentioned, as I as I teased, we're going to have we're going to have snacks. We're going to have helpful info. We're going to have some button making. That's going to be is always really really fun for mm-hmm. everybody. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be giving away some some prizes, some raffle prizes. That's very fun. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I fun. highly encourage people to stop by. Um, we'll also be offering. A lot of tours, a lot of tours. Of the library. Of the library. So Mm -hmm. in addition to the new student welcome on Friday, August 23rd, from 10 to noon, we'll also be offering tours almost every hour on the hour from 10 to 2 on that
0: Friday. A variety of staff are going to guide these tours? Exactly.
1: So this is going to be, there'll be a tour at 10 a.m., a tour at 11 a.m., at 12 p.m., and at 1 p.m. on Friday, August 23rd. 30-minute tour. Families are welcome, this is open to everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, I think this will be, again, of particular interest to students who are incoming students in CALS and Human Ecology and Dyson. We'll talk about some of the resources, some of the expertise, some of the collections, some of the spaces and technology, all of the things that you really need to know about to have a right. successful academic career
0: right 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 and I think even more importantly than the things that we offer is this idea that we are here to serve our incoming students absolutely. I mean we're here to serve our patrons all of them but we really are a place where people can come and grow ask any question yes and we can guide
1: them in just so many ways knowing that there's no question you can't ask like we will help you even if we don't know the answers we will, we will help you find them we will we absolutely will yes so th- please come to those two We'll also be repeating those tours on Saturday, August 24th at 10 a.m. and 11 a.m. Okay. So again, it's only 30 minutes, but it's really gonna give you an inside look at what you need to succeed here at the library. It gets you in the
0: door and lets you see the spaces. We're friendly, it's safe here.
1: Yes, exactly. We're we're welcoming, we're friendly, we wanna wanna interact with you. We
0: want you to come in. Come in and hang out.
1: Another thing that I think um, incoming students and their families are going to be really excited about is um, some open making times in the Manufactory Makerspace. Sure. So the Manufactory Makerspace is located um, in Mann Library in Mann 112. So you can access it either through the the library or um, through the lobby on the first floor. And on Friday, August 23rd from 12 until 2 p.m., and from Saturday, on Saturday, August twenty fourth, from eleven a.m. to one p.m., there's just going to be open making time open in making. the makerspace. So you can go in, meet the makerspace staff, play around with some of the really cool technology mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, equipment and mm-hmm. um, sort of DIY type materials yeah. that they have in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. The makerspace staff love geeking out about <laughs> you know their three D printers and most recently their laser cutter. Yes, I've a been seeing a lot of
0: a lot of uh, product, <laughs> a lot of different things coming off the laser cutter. Yeah. Yes.
1: All all for learning purposes, but really yeah. they're, oh, just, absolutely, they're but so excited.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but we also have, you know, sewing machines and we have um, you know, button making and, and other kinds mm-hmm. of crafts. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but there's, mm-hmm. it's everything. It's also we've got an AR VR set up in yeah. a multimedia studio. Yeah. We've got podcasting equipment in there. There's really all sorts of things. We all have all of sorts of
0: ways for you to come and express your creativity it, yeah. in in many ways, and no matter really what your idea is, right. And please come even if you don't have an idea. Just that's please fine too. come and soak up some of the vibes. It's yeah. it's a nice place.
1: Yep. So there's a as you that's that's a lot of activity over those two days. Um but I mean I think the takeaway really is is that we are friendly, we are here to help, we wanna meet you, we got some fun stuff to give away. Please please come by. I yeah, think it hope will you be a lot of fun. We hope you do.
0: I love our musical interludes, Toby.
1: Yeah, they're a lot of fun. They give us some time to reflect because, as you know, this podcast happens in real time. So we sit here and enjoy
0: the music. Listeners at home, Toby won't (laughs) let us do it live. It's not a radio show. I've I've, I've proposed that several times. Yeah. Especially when we get close to the deadline of releasing an episode, I say, let's do it live.
1: And it makes me worry that you don't really understand what a podcast
0: is. I'm good live. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Matt Radio. (laughs) Matt, I'm very excited about the guests that we have coming on next. Yeah, Um, We have two of our information assistants who Mm -hmm. help patrons with research questions Mm -hmm. at our help desk. Mm -hmm. Ryan Tolney and Matt Kibbe. Um, Ryan has his Masters of Library and Information Science from Syracuse University. Mm -hmm. Matt Kibbe has his PhD in English from Cornell University. So these are two people who know how to do research. They do know how
0: to they do research. They know how to do research. Yes, yes.
1: And they have agreed to come and talk with us a little bit about how people can get research help How people at can Man get Library. a hold
0: of them. So, exactly. And now, just to clear this up, yep. we've got Matt and Ryan coming to talk with you, Toby Hines. And you, Matt Ryan. Happened. Yes. So it's not confusing <laughs> <laughs> once it's slowly explained. Exactly. So there will be a lot of Matt's... Ryan's, and maybe a Matt Ryan. Yeah. ahead.
1: Yep. I feel a little outnumbered.
0: (laughs) Toby, we're back from our musical interlude to talk about reference outreach.
1: Yes, we are. Um, Matt, do you know what reference is?
0: Do I know what reference is? Yeah. I have a loose understanding of it, having worked in the library for several years.
1: Yeah. So what's your understanding of it? Well, why ask me
0: when we've got experts in the room with us? Way to deflect.
1: (laughs) 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 That's true. We do have two guests in the studio with us today um, who can shed a little light on this since you're not an expert.
0: Well, I don't want to. Yeah, I wouldn't want to hand out any misinformation.
1: Good point. So we have Ryan Tolney. And Matt Kibbe. And tell us, guys, what um, – you guys have a similar position, but you work slightly different schedules. So That's what's right. your what's your title and um, what do you guys do here at Man?
2: Yeah. I mean, we're both reference assistants here at Man Library. Okay. And I work Monday through Thursday.
3: Yeah. And my name is Matt Kibbe. I'm a reference assistant as well, and I work Tuesdays through Fridays.
1: So what is – you've said reference assistant. What does reference assistant mean for our listeners who may not be um, people who have used that service before?
2: Yeah, so it can be confusing, the, the word reference assistant. Mm-hmm. Uh, Basically, what we do is we take any question that patrons have, and we try to find the answers to them. So if a patron comes in with a specific question, like, where is this book, we try to help mm-hmm. them find it. Um, if they come in with a specific research question, we try to find resources that so they can use to further their research.
1: Great.
3: Yeah, it can be. I mean, we are like Google with a heart, a soul
1: <laughs> and a <laughs> smile.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sentient Google um, sometimes. And then uh, a little slower, a little <laughs> slower. Yeah. And yet um, I
1: think a better, better curated resources, I would argue as well.
3: Yes, yeah. definitely. I mean, it, it. so it can be just a matter of uh, helping people find something They know they want to find an article, a book, something specific, helping them find that. Or it can be something much more general. They want to know more about a topic, and we can help them. Mm -hmm. Um, Or it can be shaping research paper uh, or even answering just simple questions. We can do that, too.
1: It does seem like from having worked with you two and hearing about the kinds of questions you get, um, that that's still very true. Like It seems like you guys get such an interesting um, array of questions.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I kind of like to think of... Of what we do is sort of being acting as catalysts um, in that someone wants to get something done whether it's a paper or just to learn about something or to write an article um, and we're just sort of that uh, sort of extra ingredient that will help them mm. um, accomplish what they need. Like yeast. Yeah, mm. we are the yeast of the <laughs> library. <It's laughs> friendly library yeast. Oh, yeah. I like that analogy though
0: yeah. <laughs> because you get a range of questions, right, from very surface level things mm-hmm. where's this book or how do i do this to some very involved questions
3: mm-hmm. yeah and right. from from members of the public because we're mm-hmm. public library so people can just wander in off the streets and ask us something um it can be a student it can be a professor it's just sort of the wide range who are all trying to accomplish really different tasks mm-hmm. and you're just sort of trying to figure out what they want and help them get that
2: Yeah. Yeah, And if we don't know the answer, we can't find it. Or if it's something that's very specific, we'll put them in touch with a librarian who is an expert in that field and Mm -hmm. can help them really kickstart their research process.
1: So making those referrals when maybe yes. it needs, maybe it's so complicated or, or maybe what their query is isn't s- is super well formed yet that having that meeting with a, spe- like a subject specialist might be the, the best way to start in that case.
2: Yeah, they can kind of pull it out of them of what do you actually want to research, especially mm-hmm. at the beginning of a project. They can be really helpful in saying, you know, these resources are available. Let's explore them and see, you know, what hasn't been researched yet mm-hmm. to allow them to, you know, write something, you new. Know,
1: yeah and so you guys have been working at man for how long almost,
2: less than a year almost a year almost yeah a year. coming That's up on a year. coming up
1: on a year yeah. are you finally feeling like you know everything at this point or? (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) I knew that was going to be the answer.
2: (laughs) Yeah. um, You know, I think it took us a couple of months, honestly, to become familiar with all of the resources Mm -hmm. at man and at Cornell university. And, you know, even now uh, there's still, you know, some things that we're, we're learning about Mm -hmm. learning to use and, uh, you know, beginning to understand more intuitively so that we can teach others how to use them. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely been a learning process, but, I think we're we're much improved uh, mm-hmm. compared to a year ago as far as our ability to find information for uh, patrons that will be useful for their research.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So when do people get involved with you? Mm-hmm. At the beginning of a project? In the middle of a project? After they've run into difficulty?
3: <laughs> it, it can really be any stage. Um, it can be someone who uh, is is Knows that they have a paper due eventually and just needs an idea has a sort of vague um, idea of the subject matter Mm -hmm. and they just want to learn more about it or it can be I mean we just had a question of a professor like I need to submit this paper to be um, to be published and. I need just this one last thing before I can mm-hmm. get it published. So it can be at the very beginning, at the very end, or anywhere in between.
2: Or even after they're done when uh, yeah. they have to do the citations. And, they, yeah. and the day before, we get an email saying, how do you do you know, APA citations? So yeah. yeah, walking them through that is always an exciting yeah. moment for, for all of us.
1: Yeah, I've definitely seen you guys helping people with some of the citation management software, like Zotero, yeah. trying mm-hmm. to help them with, mm-hmm. with that mm-hmm. element. That's usually more towards the end. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but that's great that they know that people can kind of come in and get help at any stage of, of that process.
3: Yeah. I mean, we've had a few of uh, people who are trying to submit their thesis, trying to submit their dissertation or master's thesis, and they're struggling with formatting or how things are supposed mm-hmm. to look. And having gone through that process recently myself, I know how stressful it is and how um, sort of Byzantine the rules are. And um, just helping people navigate that is is rewarding.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of ways to get a hold of you, too. Yes. Yes.
3: Yes. We are very reachable. Now, what are some of the ways I've seen you on the telephone? I've seen you face to face consultations. Yep. People can walk up to the desk. They don't have to make an appointment, have any question in their holster that they want, and we'll do our best to answer. Uh, they can call us on the phone. They can call the desk or they can call us directly if they can have mm-hmm. their phone numbers. Mm-hmm.
2: They can email us at man-ref at cornell.edu with any question that they have, and we will answer it as quickly as possible. Um, we also do uh, the online chat for uh, Cornell Library System. so uh, a few hours a week we're on there to answer questions uh, from the comfort of your own home.
1: And so the chat service that we provide that the library is actually it's not just staffed by a man librarians not just by YouTube but right. actually by libra- by librarians across the Cornell library system correct that's right right um, can they come in can someone come in at midnight and get help from you guys during the semester or are there specific hours that help is available for research help.
3: Well, our student assistants um, have reference training Mm -hmm. so they can answer um, kind of quick reference questions. If you need help finding a specific book or article, they'll definitely be able to help you. But um, as far as more in-depth reference help, those are normal business hours, Mm -hmm. um, 9 to 5 normally. Gotcha.
1: What if someone needs that help at like 2 a.m. on a Saturday?
2: Yeah. So if they do have a question late at night and we mm-hmm. are not answering uh, phone calls or, or on chat, we are actually part of a cooperative chat program. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they can go to the chat on the uh, Cornell Library website and they will get a librarian. Now that librarian may not be mm. in the United States. They may be in Australia um, because of the time difference, but they are trained to be able to help you with whatever your research need is. And, you know, in, in addition to that, whenever you use those services, our librarians check and make sure that you're getting the best help that you can get. And we often follow up mm. with, uh, you know, patrons who use that chat service to make sure that they found all the resources they needed and to help them additionally, you know, find other resources if they're still struggling to find them.
1: Gotcha.
0: Are there certain times of the year when you're busier? For example, at the beginning of the semester, or middle, end of the semester when projects are due? Mm-hmm.
2: Or is it all the time? I think we definitely see more questions at the beginning of the semester and those might be sort of basic, you know, how to use the library questions like how do I get a book or how do I use interlibrary loan? Mm -hmm. Um, and there may be a lull in the middle of the semester, but as you know, the end of the semester comes uh, nearer, we'll get more questions about research. Um, they might even start mid semester where, uh, you know, patrons come and ask about you know how to find resources on their, their subject. Um,
3: that's right. Although this is our first, this will be our first beginning of the semester. That's true. So we're still collecting data on that question. I would <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, I agree. I think like questions have their seasons and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. we get more of a certain type during uh, the year. Um, But the questions come pretty steady and um, people will come in who just haven't happened to use the library before because they're coming from different high school systems, different countries, um, and we'll have people at any time of the year. Just want to know how to use the very basics of how to Mm -hmm. use the library, and we're very happy to help with
1: that. It was really really fun. I'm really glad you said that actually, because I do think that there's a certain amount of embarrassment when, especially like with incoming students, when they come in and they don't actually know how to use the library um, and they feel a little sheepish. And and Mm -hmm. and those and those Mm -hmm. particularly ones might be like a couple months in where they kind of are like, oh, I really should have figured this out by now. And they might be a little especially undergrads, undergrads are so easily embarrassed. But they shouldn't be, because for all the reasons you just said, like maybe they've never really used their high school library. high school libraries use a completely different classification system than we use you know than we use here and so finding things in the stacks is not as easy as it might be Um, it's not as easy as googling something you know using the catalog takes a little bit more finesse than that Um, so I'm really glad to hear you say that because I really this this episode is going to be coming out right before all the incoming students Mm -hmm. arrive at Cornell for Mm -hmm. orientation and since I'm assuming all of them will be frantically listening to this podcast to (laughs) get all the info that they need
0: they're looking for Matt and
1: they'll be very reassured we should put
2: pictures if you up. Mm-hmm. we want to encourage people to use the service not
3: discourage them so. right uh,
2: <laughs> yeah no i uh, we have had students already um mm. even though the the year hasn't started coming in and asking you know how do i find a book how do i request a book Oh, well, that's yeah. good um that's great mm-hmm. and so yeah i uh, it's so exciting to get these new students in who are excited to be at Cornell and mm-hmm. maybe haven't used the library but are brave enough to, you know, mm-hmm. come up and ask questions. And we encourage that, you know, any any time of year, any student from freshman to senior, you know, yeah. please come in and use our services because we're here to help. Yeah. You know, that's that's our sort of reason sure. for existing. That's the, that's the motto. Yeah. It mm-hmm. is. Yeah, we're here to help.
1: Yeah.
2: So you say you get a range of
0: questions and yeah. I'm sure that you've brought some humdingers to share with our <laughs> listeners
1: at home. Humdingers. Yeah. Yeah. Have you had some
0: favorite questions or some some real pickles?
2: (laughs) Definitely. Um, This summer I got a question uh, from a, I believe, an alum that was looking for a chicken judging trophy Um, from the 50s. Yes. So they they award trophies. (laughs) for judging chickens, um, which I was unfamiliar with.
1: So the trophy doesn't go to the best chicken.
2: No, right. That's a common misconception. Uh,
1: Thank you. No,
2: it goes to the human who's judging the chicken. Got it. Um, And this is apparently a big thing, and it still happens now. We have teams of individuals who go and judge chickens. And, you know, I I think that's just so cool. Um, (laughs) I'm
1: I'm picturing the Westminster dog show, Mm -hmm. but with chickens. Of of chickens, Mm -hmm.
2: yeah. I cool. think I think it's a lot like that. Yeah. And so this individual wanted help finding this trophy. Um, and so I dug into that for probably hours. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll admit that now um, it, it was a slow Wednesday. And yeah. I really finding wanted, the physical trophy, the physical trophy. To track
1: yeah. down that trophy where that 50s. trophy.
2: Is. Yes, mm-hmm. it was it was uh, previously held here on campus in a big trophy case. Hmm. They, and they uh, provided
3: you with it. A- photograph yes, of, of the trophy f- from 1950 oh. right
2: yeah yeah 53 no. or something oh, yeah and uh, and i Sleuth wish i case. yeah i wish i could say that i found it and i held it above my head uh, <laughs> but <laughs> This this chicken uh, judging trophy is is misplaced, lost to the is, ages, is lost to the ages. Yes. It's an unsolved mystery. Mm. Yeah,
1: but you went pretty far down that path.
2: I contacted many individuals here at Cornell. I did research on my own. I walked around different places on <laughs> campus, um, <laughs> but to no avail. Um, but I promise I will keep looking for this chicken really? judging trophy. This question <laughs>
3: will dog downtime. you for the rest of your <laughs> ever.
2: Yes, at night I'll wake up and it'll oh, be the chicken.
1: It almost trophy. sounds more of like a private detective Mm -hmm. type of situation than what I would think of as traditional kind of reference work. So that's that's fun. (laughs)
2: Yeah, it it just shows that we get every kind of question Mm -hmm. from research to, you know, where is this thing or how can I find something? We get a lot of actually genealogical questions Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, the sons or or grandsons of, you know, Cornell Mm -hmm. alumni uh, calling or emailing and asking us questions about, you know, finding things about their their relatives, yeah. um, which I think is really interesting.
3: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: Matt, do you have a question that plagues your nights? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't say plagues. Um, but <laughs> I mean, I, w- one of the things I like about this job is is learning uh, sort of uncovering pockets of research or information that you just never knew existed um, and. There was a we had a question from a food scientist researcher who was looking into food crispiness. Um, this was like an early question I got. I'd only been here a month and it sounds it sounds dry.
0: That's, I just love it. Oh, you guys put in a little drum thing there. um
3: but it, it's actually sort of fascinating when you look into it uh, as far as how do you measure crispiness? Are we talking about crispiness from crackers? Are we talking about crispiness from celery? Is it the sound that uh, it makes? Is hmm. it the amount of jaw strength that you need? So people have looked into this. That's Many, many people, and for decades, you know, there's been debates about how what's the best methodology <laughs> for measuring crispiness. And when people say they want something to be crispy, what do they mean? Like chicken skin crispiness is different from... Uh, Cracker crispiness uh, For example And so Interesting This person was doing (laughs) (laughs) Calm down (laughs) I know it's exciting Uh, (laughs) But this person Had been looking Just trying to do A review of all the research That had been done In the past 10, 20 years on, food crispiness, and it was—it's not something that I would have thought of or had ever like mm. passed through my mind in my
1: to you know, decades on this earth. Like you hear the word crispiness, you think you know what that means, right? And then, and then it, I, and I,
3: <laughs> you find out that there are people who have been pondering and <laughs> debating this question—this
1: existential question of <laughs> exactly. crispiness. Exactly. For so so I
3: never really bite into something anymore without thinking, like, what what kind of crispiness is this? What?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Changed your whole world. Sounds bit. like plagued to me, yeah. Maybe <laughs> not I'd say plate.
3: enriched. <laughs> enriched. Yeah. enriched. Yeah, that's enriched. very nice. <laughs> Life gets a little more detailed.
1: So you kind of have to have that, um, like to do that kind of investigating kind of work. It sounds like like both of these sound like things where you really kind of dug down mm-hmm. deep in so, slightly different ways, mm-hmm. but um, so that's a, a good personal trait to have.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, Matt and I are both are, are uh, guilty of sort of diving really deep into a lot mm-hmm. of our questions. And that's not just because of lack of work, but because of just <laughs> sheer interest in the topics, um, You know, things that we're unfamiliar with or that we're vaguely familiar with, but then we start digging deeper we just learn. There's so much to mm-hmm. know about crispiness, or mm-hmm. chicken judging trophies, <laughs> or the history of ice cream, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. or you know anything. It's 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 very fun to to explore all. The, it's like when. You go and you look something up on Wikipedia mm-hmm. and then you click on something else in the Wikipedia mm-hmm. and you go, oh, that's interesting. And then, you know, three <laughs> hours, hours later, <laughs> three hours later, you're,
3: you know, you're it's reading about, time. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 3 a.m. and you
2: need
1: to go to bed. We call those rabbit holes. <laughs> 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 down there. That's yes. yes.
3: Right. We live in the Warren, really. Yeah.
1: Mm. Yeah. Live in the Warren. That's that's good.
0: So if you're going to offer a final closing bit of advice
2: mm. for people um, coming for your services. What would that be? Mm. I would say come early and often, mm. uh, just like voting in, in Chicago. Um, <laughs> in that, you know, we can be
1: <laughs> that got him.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good. It, 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 you know, we can we can be of I think a lot of benefit to those starting out on their journey of trying to find resources for their uh, you know research project or you know whatever they're looking for. Um, we can save you a lot of time. Mm. If you come at the last minute, you know, we're obviously we're happy to help and we'll do our best, but it does take time to sort of find resources and then you will then have to use those databases or those journals. And find the information yourself. I think that's uh, a little bit of a misconception: is that you'll you'll bring your question to a reference assistant or even a librarian, and they'll do the work for you. And hmm. that's
3: uh,
2: halfway there. You know, they will they will set you up to have all the resources that you need to do your research. Um, but then, you know, you'll have to you know decipher what works for you, what doesn't, what has the information you need, and then go from there with your research project. So, you know, definitely come to us as, as soon as you can. We you get your assignment and we'll set you up with all the resources you need to get a great, you know, head start on Mm -hmm. on your research project.
3: Fantastic. Matt, can you add to that? Yeah, I mean, that wraps up a lot of it. Yeah, I would just say um, don't be nervous. Don't be worried about it. Um, We this is really like what gets us up, um, gets us out of bed in the morning is the possibility of helping people. And so even if you know a lot about your topic, great. We'll help you know a little more. If you know very little, then we'll help you discover um, stuff that you never imagined um, being available. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just just ask us.
2: And please don't just use Google. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the access to information in the digital age is, is extreme. You have so much information that's actually you need the library to help you decipher what is good information, reliable information, and what isn't. And with all the databases that cornell university libraries pays for mm-hmm. um to use them effectively you have to know what you need and what will not really benefit you mm-hmm. so we can help you find those things um, because it can be a little bit daunting mm-hmm. um if you try to figure it out yourself so you know come into the library and we're happy to help you figure that out yeah. well thanks for joining us thanks matt, for having thank you, you. right
1: and our listeners can come by the man library help desk and get, get help from uh, matt and Ryan during the week
0: In addition to reference outreach, our third guest has some exciting news for us. Who's going to be joining us, Toby?
1: So, listeners will probably recognize the voice of Ashley Shea, our head of instruction initiatives um, here at Mann Library. She's been a guest many times. Yes, We love having her on. We do. And she has some very exciting news to share with our listeners about a new credit-bearing course that she is teaching this this fall semester. So, I've asked her to come on and talk a little bit about about the course, how the course came to be, and why students should enroll in it. Because I think it's made for incoming students.
0: It is, but it's not exclusive to incoming students. And, and not at as, all. as I hope as Ashley will explain after this musical interlude, Toby, we're joined again by one of my favorite guests. I think your
1: favorite. Your favorite. Not
0: Perhaps one of my favorite. favorite. Yeah. I don't want to disparage any other
4: questions.
0: <laughs> Welcome back, Ashley Shea.
4: Hello. How good are to be you? Here. I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you both doing? We're good. We're thrilled that
1: you're coming back. We feel like you're a regular now almost every episode. Just to <laughs> join your team. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We'd love to have you. Um, longtime listeners will recognize Ashley's voice and um, recognize her as our head of instruction initiatives at MANN. That's right. Yeah. Yes. And you're here today to talk about something really exciting. So this theme of this episode is... Things that incoming students should know in order to give them a leg up. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're really kind of focused on a lot of the orientation things that we're doing this fall, um, a lot of the sort of changes at man so that students are in the know when they come in. And then we found out about your class and Mm -hmm. thought this is exactly the type of thing that we want to talk about in this episode. So
0: yes, break the news. I think this is big news. I think so too. Break the news for us. Yes.
4: Here is the news. Yeah. For the very first time this semester, I will be teaching my own credit-bearing course, and the course is called Information Chaos, uh, Making Sense of Today's Information Landscape.
1: Ooh, that is such a great name. <laughs> Thank you. I was looking for something very catchy, yes.
4: and, very and catchy. I hope that it is.
0: Congratulations. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Before we go too much further, I want to congratulate you. I know this was a lot of work and kind of a something you've been working towards for
4: for a while. Yeah. I'd say even when I started 5 years ago, this would have been a pipe dream at that <laughs> point. I would have been so delighted if someone said 5 years from now you'll you'll have an approved course that the curriculum committee said is valid and and valuable for the students and and the fact that I have it and I'm getting to run with it is is really exciting. Yeah.
1: That's mm-hmm. exciting.
4: And I feel like you know, in that time,
1: though, since, you know, we first, you first got got the go-ahead to submit this proposal and then getting it approved, it moved very quickly, actually. Incredibly quickly.
4: Yeah. yeah so this – it really was an organic effort. In the last, I'd say, six months, we have the advisory board, the faculty advisory board of MAN, and it really started with me just pitching this idea, how do we integrate more information literacy into the curriculum and, and information literacy, I'll say – what I mean is um, the ability to find, evaluate, and and sensibly use information. And it was really me just trying to pick the brains of faculty members. Typically, we do a lot of what we call one-shot instruction sessions. We'll go into a class. We'll do a guest lecture for 30 to 60 minutes, and that's it. We see the students One once. And, right. and, yep. and, and really only if the
1: professor approaches exactly. you and asks exactly. that. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
4: and so what happens is some students you'll see many times over many courses mm-hmm. because just as it happens, that those different professors have asked for you to come join and give guest lectures. Other students you won't see the entire time. Yeah. So I was really looking for a, a more systematic approach to mm-hmm. reaching every undergraduate student in CALS, but you know, more ambitiously, all Cornell undergraduate yeah. students. And so the faculty members in the advisory board said, you know, why don't we just Try a course. Try mm-hmm. to uh, propose that to the curriculum committee. So I put together a proposal. I, I looked at peer institutions to see, are these kinds of courses being taught elsewhere? It turns out they are. About mm-hmm. a third to a fourth of our peer institutions actually have information literacy oh. Oh, or, wow. or research skills courses available. So that was kind of fodder for pitching the course to the curriculum committee. They liked to see that if we want to keep in line with our sister institutions, mm-hmm. we should have comparable courses um, so yeah, from there it was it was quick. I had yeah. to create a syllabus, I had to get approval, and <laughs> yep. uh, and many other steps in between too. But wow. here we are. Yeah, yeah
1: congrats. Yes, Thank I you. echo yeah. Matt's sentiment. Congratulations. Uh, we're very excited about this. Um,
4: so beyond the exciting name, mm-hmm. um, what are students going to learn in this class? Yeah. So. Uh, You know, we hear a lot about fake news, disinformation. Mm. I think as we approach the 2020 election in this country, we're going to hear even more of that. There's just Mm -hmm. a lot of noise out there. And sorting through this vast sea of information is really difficult. And... I think the impetus for this course was that I saw a research study saying that Stanford students as well as K through 12 students in LA public schools are equally terrible at deciphering fake news. So regardless of where you are, regardless of the resources you have, we're just not great at evaluating information. Yeah. And I think the crux of being an informed citizenry is having the tools and the knowledge and the, well, the wherewithal to understand what makes information good, what makes it bad how do we decipher Mm -hmm. so so in this course we'll be talking a lot about theoretical things what does make something good and useful Mm -hmm. what makes it problematic and perhaps something could be equally good and bad it just depends on the context in which we're using it we'll talk about tools for evaluating we'll talk about different information platforms the difference between commercial platforms for example the difference between nonprofit platforms uh, different types of information. So we'll talk about government data, we'll talk about commercial data, we'll talk about um, scholarly publications, which is what we traditionally talk about in the library, and, and many things in between, news, uh, social media, etc. So... A lot of different things, with the overall goal being that by the end, students are are better consumers of information.
0: Sure. Yeah. Sure.
4: It sounds so applicable,
1: not only to to students, you know, becoming better researchers and better, you know, better um, students at, while they're at Cornell and then in their careers, but also just as being like a citizen in this world right now. Exactly. Yeah.
4: Yeah, that really is my hope. I think one of the things that I so value about Cornell is that. There is this notion that that we should contribute back to society. Mm-hmm. This whole land grant mission. This yeah. idea that knowledge should share, should share a uh, serve a public purpose, yeah. and 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 that I take to heart. I yeah. think that you know to to contribute ethically, we need to first know what makes information good so we then ourselves can contribute good mm-hmm. information to the yeah. world. This sounds like a
1: much more effective method of doing that than me just trying to educate my relatives on social media about why <laughs> the thing that they just posted is actually not real news. <laughs> this sounds like a much more systematic <laughs> sure, and Sure, sure. You know, well, it's kind of a approach. consequence
0: of our information society, right? I mean, yeah. over the past handful of years, even more,
1: yeah.
0: a lot of things get wrapped up and sold as information. Mm-hmm. And we I don't think we ever really had to, but maybe we did, I could be wrong, had to discern it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there might have been a golden age where we could believe what
1: mm-hmm.
0: newscasters were telling us, or, or we got our well, and information. And there, there
1: were more local news outlets, too. I mean, yeah. if we're talking about news, like that's a true. lot of local papers and, and local like stations and things have, have shut down. So I think it's becoming really challenging because there yeah. are people on the ground reporting these things everywhere. So I
4: think that's a really good point. It used to be that we had gatekeepers and mm. for good or bad information and news was controlled by a small, so small group of those gatekeepers. Now in this information economy, anyone can create or produce information. Mm-hmm. And so that's good. And that we all have a voice. We all have a platform. It's bad in that there's not as many checks and balances as used right. to exist. And so I think that you know, with all things, there are positives and there are yeah. negatives, and so the the point of the course is is helping students just become a little more nuanced in deciphering mm-hmm. what those positives and yeah. negatives yeah. are and why they matter. Yeah, and I like that it's so open to so many. Your course
1: sounds so open to different platforms. It's it's really about giving students the tools to evaluate those and understand mm-hmm. them versus mm-hmm. just telling them like, oh yeah, don't go, don't use that. Exactly. That's a, that's a, don't go there. I mean, that's not helpful. That's where they are. Yeah. I mean, no, that's not helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Are, they gonna, are students going to get a chance to do some hands-on, like do you have some, some assignments that they're going to yeah. get to do? Yeah.
4: yeah, so one of the things I'm excited about is this will be a very participatory class. And, and so they'll be creating an assignment that I hope has legs beyond the class. And mm. what I mean by that is students will be asked to create some kind of infographic, so some kind of visual depiction of an information platform of their choosing. And what I want them to do in that infographic is – do the analysis that we as consumers should do. What kind of information is produced on this platform? Why is it valuable? Why is it, or not valuable? Mm -hmm. Um, And kind of break that down. And I, I pictured this infographic being a useful educational tool that future students could use. So I like this because Often you hear students frustrated I'm creating I'm writing an essay yet again it goes in a filing cabinet no one sees it. Right. This is something that many people could see yeah. it perhaps and and not just me but other peers at other institutions too. Mm. Yeah, that's fantastic.
1: Yeah. Um, I've also noticed I had the chance to review your syllabus. <laughs> syllabus, it's very comprehensive. Um, I've also noticed that many of the readings and materials that you've assigned are actually open education resources, so what we call OERs. Yeah. Um, why did you choose to use yeah. openly licensed materials? Okay,
4: that's a great question. <laughs> so, open education resources are important because they're they're freely available. Mm-hmm. There's no subscription cost and Open to anyone, regardless of means. So often they're online, not always, but they are not behind a paywall. And often in academia, a lot of the textbooks, a lot of the journal articles that are assigned in courses are behind a payroll. Mm-hmm. So as a student here, you have access to them, but as soon as you leave, mm. you do not have access to those resources. Uh, and many, many people, of course, in this world, are not affiliated with institutions that provide access. So just from a social justice point of view, I think it's incredibly important that we recognize the inherent barriers to information in general when mm. considering what resources we assign to class, to classes, to students. Um, in addition, we know that cost is a is a big factor weighing mm. on many students' mind. It's not just cost associated with tuition, but cost associated yeah. with room and board. Uh, and the many, many materials costs that yeah can exactly yeah. beyond
1: just the cost of tuition yeah, yeah exactly. exactly
4: so by making all of the readings all of the videos in this class free i'm not asking students to pay anything beyond the tuition for the course so i think that that's an important thing not only for the students enrolled but it also just sends the message that i i think about these things when when yeah. choosing the information to well, consume it's a noble sentiment too. i think. yeah, yeah mm-hmm. i like that it's fantastic <laughs> yeah
0: have you had, now you've taught this as workshops before, and you've worked with students before yep. in this sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. Have you had that aha moment mm-hmm. when a student is listening or working with you mm. and suddenly realizes that mm, the point?
4: Yeah, and that's what every instructor dreams of because <laughs> yeah. because yeah. sometimes it's rare when you do yeah. encounter those aha moments. but. I, you know, I grew up wanting to be a teacher. I used to line up my little stuffed animals. And <laughs> I can picture this. <laughs> well beyond when I should have stopped, I continued. <laughs> You're still doing it, aren't I you? Know. <laughs> Um, I love teaching. It, It just, it fills me to no end. So those moments are wonderful. I'd say one thing that I will teach in this class is a platform called Zotero. And what Zotero is, is a citation management software. It allows you to bundle in one place all of your references, all of your citations that you're using for a research paper or just your own personal knowledge. And it puts them all together in a sensible way. And then it helps you export them when writing a paper in a systematic way. So you don't have to hand- Um, edit every citation it does it automatically for you and so I think when I show students that they think oh my gosh this is going to save me (laughs) hours and hours and hours which it does it will and so I love teaching that platform precisely because it will save them a lot of time down the road
0: Yeah, a very useful tool
4: Yeah. Yeah. yeah my I encouraged my partner for years
1: when he was working on his PhD to use use this tool and he didn't go he didn't go he didn't go he finally went to a workshop and he said I've done this years ago. Yes,
4: you always and hear that. It was very right, satisfying.
1: Right, that's a common comment. <laughs> yes, yeah. absolutely. Um so who is this course designed for? Like who who are you kind of thinking that, you know, primary audience is going to be?
4: Anyone and everyone. I think that this is relevant to everyone. Mm. Uh, again as I said, going into this 2020 election, we're going to hear these terms a lot and I think that it behooves all of us to be better consumers and producers of mm. information. So, I think Freshman, this is wonderful opportunity to add one extra credit into your mm-hmm. schedule if yeah. you're looking to buffer up your um, semester load in a in approachable, easy class. Yeah. Uh, um, I think that it will be fun, and I think that you'll learn a lot, not only to serve you well during your Cornell undergraduate years, but also beyond as a, yeah. as a citizen of the world, as you said. But upperclassmen, too, I think preparing for graduate school or, or just you know, another career, I think that this is mm-hmm. equally mm-hmm.
1: valuable, too. I'm also thinking of those students, like you mentioned, how maybe just because of the professors that they've had in the classes they've taken, they maybe have never even gotten a one-shot yeah. instruction session with a yeah. librarian. So I'm thinking about those students. That might be
4: a great opportunity. I think it's going to be fun. Class and it's Friday afternoon or Friday at 11 15. So, not too early, not too early, not too, early. Nice. Not too late, just yeah. the once a week, just not the once a, nice week. Way to, okay. yeah. a
1: week. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Um, how, how
0: big is the class? Oh, it's yeah.
1: capped at 35. Oh, okay.
0: so that's yeah. a decent size decent class,
4: size, yeah. yeah. And where will we, we teaching so it? We'll, we'll be in Kennedy Hall, I think one twelve. So
1: right here on the Ag Quad. Yeah,
4: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. one great. of the smaller rooms.
4: One of the smaller <laughs> rooms. Yep. Yeah. 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 Yes, that's right. You know.
0: <laughs> well, because yeah. of Kennedy Hall has yeah. the large yeah. auditorium. Right. Right. It, it will is not everything be in small. Call
4: <laughs> not yet. Not, not yet. Maybe.
1: We'll maybe someday. Maybe. <laughs>
4: maybe.
1: Um, and so, if students want to enroll in the course, what should they do? So
4: it's in the um, course roster. Roster. Register. Yeah. Course catalog, yes. Course catalog, catalog. okay. So they would just look for ALS 1200 and enroll. ALS
0: 1200.
4: That's right. Yeah. Well, I kind of want to
1: take the course now. I, you know... I feel like these are things that as a Maybe library. we could audit it so that we <laughs> don't yeah. add to your work. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, Ashley, this sounds really, really exciting. Um, it's clear that you're really passionate about it. So, yeah. you know, and anyone who's seen you teach knows what a great instructor you oh, are. So um, putting in a plug, definitely sign up. If you're listening to this, right. sign up for this course. If you're listening. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here. Yeah. I want to take that class. Yeah. I mean, I know I said that when we were interviewing Ashley. A Few times. That sounds really exciting and really yeah. interesting and so useful. I, I hope that any students who are listening are are intrigued by Ashley's class and are considering signing up. She's got plenty of space left in the class right now, but that may not be the case for might too be, much longer. Um be the case. Um, I hope that everyone feels that Ryan and Matt, who work at our help desk, are are they they feel comfortable approaching them for help, whether mm-hmm. they they walk in, mm-hmm. just come in off the off the street and ask for some help. Whether they call, whether they email, um, I hope that they'll feel comfortable contacting our reference assistants for help with anything. Because, I hope so too, because I think that really came across in their interview is that they are they're very, really, they're
0: very friendly. They're very approachable. Yep. Yes, yes. So no matter where you are in the process, if you're if you're a planner and you've mm-hmm. thought about it and you want to get some help beforehand, if you're a procrastinator like us,
1: it's true, folks. We are. We know we are.
0: And it's ten minutes to midnight and you need some immediate emergency assistance just get on that chat service yeah. someone will be there yep. to help you just get a hold of us
1: yep we don't judge we we all we've all been there we've
0: all yes we've been in your shoes
1: and I, I can't stress enough that you know there's no wrong time to to come in i mean earlier is always better but you know if you're a sophomore or a junior yeah. and you feel a little bit, a bit embarrassed about coming to the help desk to ask for help finding something yeah. and you feel like you shouldn't because you should have already known how to do this don't Don't be, because you never know until someone shows you the first time. You're not expected to figure this all out on your own. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. Yep. Yep. So please stop by some of our orientation events on Friday and Saturday, August 23rd and 24th. Um, I'll include in our show notes all of those details so folks can quickly see that. But there's also an orientation app where you can kind of plan your schedule. So please, if you are in human ecology, if you are in Cows, if you are in Dyson, take a look at the Mann Library events happening in that orientation app and add yeah. us to our to yeah. Yeah. schedule.
0: and if, if you're in the neighborhood, yeah. come on in.
1: Definitely stop by. And say hi. And uh, we're off to a running start for the semester. Yes,
0: we are. Uh, thanks again, listeners, for joining us.
1: Thanks to our special guests, and we'll we'll see you at the desk. This has been My Kind of Man with Matt Ryan and Toby Hines. Produced and edited by Matt Ryan and Toby Hines with support from the Mann Library Learning Technology Committee. You can reach out to us with feedback and suggestions at mykindofman at cornell.edu. This has been a production of Albert R. Mann Library. Thanks for listening.